Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. And today, my guest is Marilyn Devonish, back for part two of her interview with me. I was holding on because I couldn't face being on my own and I couldn't face the reality of having all of those dreams stripped away. So it wasn't because I was 100% courageous and saying, let's work on this, we can do it. I was afraid. So I now had to try and reconcile that with the only way I can think of to not have that all ripped away is to bend over backwards to try to be better and then see what I can do to reconcile with my partner so we went to relate for example which was absolute torture for him you know it was just not a good and it was horrible for me but it was even worse for him you know having to sit in front of a stranger and all of that sort of stuff and talk about these sorts of issues so yes the relationship was wonderful yes I did want to carry on with it and it was partly driven by the fear The second time round, however, I cannot, I I can't even see a way to come back from that. I can't. It was a complete snap. It's like, hold on a minute. So this means that every assurance I've had over the last two years and every suspicion that I voiced where it's like, oh, you're never going to let this go. It's like, actually, some of that was real. Now I don't trust myself. I don't recognize you. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? When you get to that, what I call switch flicking moment, where you're like, I'm done. Like, enough is enough. And you get that clarity, but you also find an inner strength at a time where your confidence is super low, your self-esteem is really low. I mean, a second time he's had an affair is going to have an impact on that. And then to find that strength to say, you know what, I'm out of here. That must have taken a lot of courage at that point. It was horrible. (laughs) It didn't feel courageous at the time, but it it felt like self-preservation. You know, like the hedgehog just goes vroom. And like, it's it's like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. Now, to my partner's credit, he is, and I say is in the present tense, he is a wonderful, fabulous human being. Knowing the situation I was in, because I'd given up my, I was working for an investment bank in the city, gave that up to go and study full time because all the stuff that was going on with my mind and my brain, I knew I couldn't do part time. I needed to put all of my energies into that. So I wasn't working. The plan was that I would study, do my accountancy, become a chartered accountant. Then he would take some time off to do his pilot's license, etc. So that was the plan. So he now recognizes the position that it's leaving me in. So he gave me uh, £10,000, very generous, so that I was not in a place of now I've been completely abandoned by the person I loved. He was wonderful about the whole thing. Do you know what I mean? Because when people when people say, how can you say it's a wonderful human being even now? It's like he is. I wouldn't date an idiot. Well, not knowingly. <laughs> so I dated an incredible, amazing man. He still is. He was wonderful throughout. Just so happens that in terms of his character, the major flaw was having affairs, <laughs> you know. So but that his identity and his character for me, they're, 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 they're kind of different. So he was wonderful. So he then gave me that money and he was also the one because he knew I'd signed up for this personal development course. 
because um, I was working part time as a you know PA secretary etc just so I could have some of my own money and he was the one who said to me I think you should go this might be good for you and I'm going to give you some money so that you don't have to worry for the next few months the rent is taken care of you can take the week that you need to do this course and this money will help you so he was absolutely wonderful so that also helped in me being able to almost like you know start again and not be completely adrift and like oh my god oh my god oh my god I mean it can be scary for those people listening right now who are you know, at that point where they've left a relationship and the future looks like either a blank canvas or even a, a black hole for some people. It's like, I have no idea what the future holds. What would your advice be for them? I mean, obviously you had a bit of money there and you also had a focus on this new training. So I think that really helps when you've got something positive to throw yourself into. But what would your be advice be for those people that don't have that right now in this moment? It's going to sound a bit, oh gosh, you sound a bit cringeworthy when you talk about light at the end of the tunnel. But I really, really, really want to emphasize that there really is light at the end of the tunnel. That, and you know, can't imagine loving another person in that way again. Please believe me when I tell you there are more people out there. And actually what I think it did for me and for many of my clients, it actually brings us clarity about what we don't want as well. So I say use this as a clarifying time. Look at what does it bring up within you that maybe you could do some work on resolving as well so that as you start to come through this, you come out of it better equipped, better resourced and more of yourself. And that is the point where, like you said, that that's flipping the switch. I use that term often as well, where suddenly you go, hold on a minute. I am a decent lovely human being I have got things to offer and I'm going to see it's almost like a cleansing for me it was like everything was stripped away I hit rock bottom and I'm like well now what so I'm now here there's a woman called Yaz in the 80s who did a song called the only way is up oh, I, love um, that. But I can kind of hear that in my head at the moment it's like for me it's like it's either I leave the planet or I see this as an opportunity to kind of rebuild in a healthier way. So I would say just, even if you're just putting one foot in front of the other, take one day at a time, take each minute at a time, take each hour at a time. Because I know then people think I should be doing this and I should be, and I'm like, let go of all of that. Just put one foot in front of the other and honor how you're feeling. Some days you might feel like you can take on the world. Other days it's as much as you can do to get up to the bathroom and brush your own teeth and all of those in between and just do what you need to do to look after yourself and nurture yourself during this time because it is traumatic can be it is. yeah I mean I think that advice is, is brilliant self-care is something that tends to drop off at the time where you need it the most and quite often especially us women I think you know self-care feels a little bit selfish doesn't it especially if you've got a family maybe you've got kids or you've got a job you think gosh spending time just on myself like sitting and watching the TV can feel like a selfish thing. I should be doing something. I should be cleaning. I should be, you know, doing a job or catching up on the paperwork. So it's about being kind and giving yourself a break, right? Seriously, I've been, I'm laughing because I've been putting myself in my diary for the last 20 years. 
and I call it self-care. And I, I, and I remember I was on a training once and a friend of mine who'd been to several of my courses was there. And I said to the group, I'm one of the most selfish people you'll ever meet. And she just was quite angry. She said, no, you're not. You're one of the most loving, giving, generous people. And I said, I hear you. And let me explain what I mean by selfish. I put myself first in terms of make sure I'm looking after myself. Because if I don't look after myself, I do not have the capacity to show up for other people. So I put myself in my diary. You might call me up and say, Marilyn, what are you doing next Thursday? I might look at it and it says um, it says duvet day, actually. And that's my version of self-care. So I might then go busy that day. What do you need? Now, if what you need can be moved to Monday, Thursday, another Thursday, I'll just say I'm not free that day. However, there have been the odd times where I might go, oh, backstage passes to Jack Savarotti. I'm in. You know, so now <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to move that day to another day. But I'm in my own diary because if I wasn't, I couldn't show up with energy and with focus. So absolutely. I love that. I love it. I, I, I have to admit, I do that, too. And it's quite funny because I will block time out for me to do nothing. It will be nothing time, but it will be blocked in my diary and my PA will phone me and go, Sarah, on Saturday, there's this whole block of time. And I'm like, because <laughs> yeah, I know if it's free, it'll get booked. So I'm like, yeah, can we move that? I'm like, nope, nope, I've got something to do. It's, <laughs> it's actually nothing. And I'm going to you know, not get up in a hurry. I'm not going to rush into the shower or go for a run or do anything. I'm literally going to do nothing. And that is heaven. But actually, <laughs> you have to have a plan to do nothing sometimes. I totally agree. I think that's fantastic. So, I mean, obviously you work with so many people around the world. For people listening right now, are there any common stumbling blocks that you see people struggling with at that point, sort of starting over and, and detoxing their life? Do you see anything that could hold people back that maybe you're telling us a little bit about will help us avoid that? I'd say one of the number one denial is a big one in terms of it'll be all right, it's not happening, da 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 da, or just carrying on as you were and pretending it didn't happen. And I would say, good luck, it could be. And I know actually there are some couples who can just, you know, business as usual, stiff up a lip and off we go. That's great if they can do it. But many people can't actually operate like that. So I would say the whole thing about not dealing with what you might call the proverbial elephant in the room is a common one where people think they can. And actually one of the real now, depending, because I remember I had um, I did a program a few years ago. And in order to build it around the healing heartbreak stuff, I interviewed people. And I interviewed people who had had an affair. I interviewed people who'd been cheated on and I interviewed the other man or the other woman because I wanted all of those perspectives into the mix. And it was absolutely fascinating in terms of what um, came out. But one of the things that was common is that whoever it was that had an affair, be that the man or be that the woman, because let's be clear, both men and women have affairs. Absolutely. Whoever it was, once they'd had one or two conversations about it, they didn't want to speak about it again. They were like, oh, no, we've talked about it now. So I was often saying, look, I know you've talked about it as the one who had the affair and you don't want to talk about it. But if your partner is still trying to digest this and take it on board, it actually comes in layers sometimes because it's almost as though your psyche will sense what you've got the capacity for and let you do that much. Then you do a bit more progression, healing, resolution, whatever it is. And then you get to a point where maybe now you need to have another conversation. So I said, look, for the first three to six months, at least you're going to have to honor your partner and, and be with them. Now it does get to a point where enough is enough. 
So <laughs> now we're going to get to that next tipping point. And now we have to have a conversation with both of you to say, look, this has now been going on for several months. Your partner feels as though they're on mastermind and they're constantly in the spotlight. There's one woman who she made her partner phone her on the hour every hour because she knew that would interrupt if he was trying to, you know, have an affair, do anything dodgy. We had to sit down and have a chat and say, Are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce? Are you feeling devastated, heartbroken, sad and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. Sarah Davison, best known as the Divorce Coach, and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup, take back your control, and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, get back in the driving seat of your life and design a future you are excited to live. Sarah has a range of solutions to support any breakup, including free guides, one-to-one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sarah too. Visit www.saradavison.com today and start to feel happy again. We had to sit down and have a chat and say, would your life be able to function if she was on the other foot? So there are times now we're going to have to come together and work out how do we move forward in a way that honours both people, because it's often really one sided. So I'd say that's one of the things to, to look out for. And <sighs> listening for, you know, there's a book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. That, yes. that book. Great, love it. Absolutely. And it's kind of sort of true that there'll be times I'm sitting with a couple and I'm listening to what they're saying. And she will say he never does this or he will say she never does that. But when I'm listening, I'm like, well, they just said exactly that. But they said it in a completely different way. And things like the love languages, all of that. There are times where it will be a good idea to get to know your partner. Even if you've been married 5, 10, 15, 20 years, people often don't truly know their partner in terms of what makes them tick. How do they think and how do they process and how do they communicate? And if you don't know that, you could always be talking at cross purposes. And when something has broken down in the relationship, that's where you want to be on the same page as much as you can. So that whole getting to know your partner, again, I'd say is a really important one that people sometimes overlook. And they're just trying to, you know, just being who they are. And it's like, no, 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 we need to be different now. Yeah, really, really good points. I mean, the languages of love, Gary Chapman, I think, are really useful tools, whether you're starting out and dating, you know, it's quite fun to do as a quiz with someone that you've just met, maybe not date one, but, you know, maybe a few dates in. But, you know, I think it is essential learning, even if you're outside of a relationship, you've gone through a breakup, you know, those sort of things, understanding your communication in a relationship. What is love for you and how do you define it? And how do you feel love and how do you show love? It's really important, I think, and it's part of the self-discovery after a breakup to make you stronger for attracting the right partner next time around. So I think those things are all really, really important. And you reminded me of something really important. People's relationship values often when they don't even what do you really want? A bit like the Spice Girls now. Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. People don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and if you don't know, how can your partner know? Yeah, I know. We were talking about this in one of my retreats the other day and someone said that 
freedom was one of their values after quite a toxic relationship. And this is quite common, obviously. And, and I said, well, can you define it? She said, well, being myself, you know, just being able to speak my voice and saying how I feel and not walking on eggshells and having to think through, if I say this, what are the consequences going to be? And I said, well, that's interesting because I'm sure if you went out with someone on a date and they said that they were into freedom, it might mean something completely different. So it's about getting clarity on what freedom means. If that is important to you, not just saying, hey, it's freedom. That's what's important to me. You might might get a bit of a shock. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's really important. Something that popped into my head as you were talking that was the reason that affairs happen, because you know, in my line of work, you know, obviously we can't judge, can we? You and I do similar things. We can't judge. We're not there to judge. But quite often I see that affairs, you know, clients that come to me who've had affairs, you know, I think if you, you know, it's got a stigma of, well, you've done something really bad and you're manipulative and you're trying to hurt or you're being deceptive. Sometimes it comes out of a need that's not being met or a real pain from something that may have broken down a long time ago in the relationship. So do you encourage your clients to sort of look at why it happened and what the reasons were, not necessarily to excuse it, because that's an individual decision, but just to look at, you know, the reasons behind it so that it doesn't happen again? Oh, it's super important. And one of the most common things that came through, and again, when people say it, like we see it in the movies all the time, it sounds cliche, but my husband and my wife doesn't understand me. What happens is they're in a situation, this is a mass generalization, but the one that came through most commonly when I was, let's say, looking at the survey results, people be in a situation and someone else paid attention to them, made them feel special and tapped into that thing that in their working, their everyday relationship, be they married or dating, that had kind of fallen by the wayside. You know, it's put the bins out, um, da, 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 have you closed the garage door? kids you know they're just the stuff of life so people have kind of lost that initial spark and connection so when I'm talking to clients about date night the reason I suggest date night and you know if they have kids get the parents or a babysitter to take them completely away so you're not coming back and having to get straight back into um, kids etc but one of the reasons I recommend date night is because people may have lost what initially brought them together but people will say someone made me feel alive mm. sexy seen heard understood complimented them even giving it doesn't sound like a big deal but if you and your partner have got out of the habit of I love you and actually to be honest with you I was going to say before we started I really love your dress you just look amazing you look like a superstar and I genuinely mean that and if I were your partner I'm heterosexual don't worry but you know so I'm not trying to chat you up just in case I'm going oh what's going on here loving the attention. <laughs> <laughs> but if I were your partner and I would look at you and think of those things but not say it you could very well leave the house that day thinking, I've made all this effort. They haven't even noticed. Then you walk into work or wherever it happens to be and somebody says, oh, my God, you look amazing. Have you changed your hair? And you'll be thinking, my partner didn't even notice I changed my hair. And now here's this person rocking up, picking out all of these things. I feel amazing. It's not too much of a stretch of the imagination that you might want to get more of that. Because it feels amazing to have someone see you and hear you and appreciate you. And another thing that I heard a lot, when they're having the affair, there's no pressure. There was no pressure of, have you put the bins out? Have you done this? Have you done that? What about that curtain rail? Where's my dinner? Da, da, da. 
none of that it was just free the fun of the moment so and, and sometimes let's be honest one of the other biggest ones was opportunistic kind of handed to them on, on a plate and they went well no one's about <laughs> see, why not you know so there was a yeah. number of different things but the biggest thing was people being made to feel special and sexy and attractive heard humanized by the person that you know they encountered and then one thing well they say one thing leads to another we know you know there's a process it's not like oh look I'm in bed. oh look I just slept with someone that's how it feels but we know there's a bit of a process and the little decisions are made at each point but the pull of that and how they felt was a was a big part of it yeah it's very true it just really shows that you've got to work on your relationship and just because you've been together I think we marriage we, we measure marriage on longevity these days rather than quality of relationship. And I think quality of relationship has got to come first. You know, you could be married for 30 years, but if it's been terrible, if you really don't get on, if you'd rather they were out than in with you watching TV or whatever, it's really not good. So, I mean, I think that's a society thing, but it's an interesting one. I mean, I'm so fascinated by your, your work. Tell us all a little bit about your new program, Healing Heartbreak. So this is one that I um it was it was an audio program that I did where I it sounds weird it took me many many now one of the things that happened first I was kind of I started off when I became a coach 20 years ago for the first nine nine and a half years I was a relationship coach because those were the people I was attracting you know because they would resonate with the story and where we were at and all the rest of it so but it, I, and I used to actually write this down I did do a cd back in the day I think it was 2007 something like that um is he or she the one um because I was like these are these are questions that often go through your mind when you meet someone particularly if you've had a bad experience it can be really hard to now distinguish you know and be 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 clear on what you're seeing what you're hearing what you're feeling but the um the healing heartbreak I thought actually do you know what I'd like to do I'm going to break down the breakthrough session which is like a one day session and I'm going to break it down into stages and I'm going to interweave that with all of the stages of the affair so we start with that moment where you find out the shock the denial the what's going on I also, this is one of the favorite segments. I talked about what are some of the signals and signs that your partner might be having an affair. Mm. The reason I say might be having an affair, it's a bit like um, for those in the UK, there's a program called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And there was a famous scandal <coughs> where someone was coughing, you know, and at first you listen to it, you, you know, watch the show, and occasionally you hear it. <coughs> <coughs> but then when the producers started really watching, they realized that the coughs were coinciding with the questions, how the questions were being asked and the various options. So I will always say, look, it's a bit like the coughing scandal. You can't just say because someone coughs, oh, they're rigging the show. We have to take the whole thing in context. But what I did from those interviews is I extrapolated out all of the things that people said that they noticed in their partners. Also, the things that the partners themselves, the ones who had an affair, said they did and mapped all of those out just so people could get a little bit of clarity in what might be going on in their relationship. And then we started kind of working through the stages of, okay, now we've got all this data and information. 
what do we do to resolve this? How do we now work our way through this? And I'm just sharing with them some of my favorite processes from that whole process. So we're leading them on a journey through this whole thing. And then there's a bonus session where I share the results of the survey so people can get to hear what all people in the love triangle have said. So yeah, it was a really fun one to do. So it's, I did it as a live. So the recording of that is now available if people want to take themselves through that program. That sounds incredible. So where can people find out more about you and your work, Marilyn? Easiest way is my main website, which I have to say it's now humongous because it's 20 years old and so things just got added on. So it's massive, but it's a starting point. So I'll give it, I'll say it and then I'll spell it. So it's transformationstm.com and it's trans, T-R-A-N-C-E, as in hypnotic trance, I'm a hypnotherapist. So T-R-A-N-C-E, F for Freddie, so F-O-R. M-A-T-I-O-N-S, TM as in trademark.com. So transformationstm.com. And there's a button there as well for the online training. So this is an online program if people want to look at the healing heartbreak. So click that and then it takes you to the transformationstm.newsendler.com. But that's the easiest way. And then my email is Marilyn, M-A-R-I-L-Y-N at transformationstm.com that's the easiest way to find me and on social media it's forward slash marilyn devonish and devonish is d-e-v for victor o-n-i-s-h awesome well i'm sure lots of people are going to be heading over there right now to check you out just one last question marilyn that i ask all my guests my podcast is called heartbreak to happiness and I think it's really important to actually identify what happiness is for you so that you recognize it along the journey. So what is happiness for you? Do you know what? Because there are people saying, my God, you're so happy. You're so... And I'm like, they think something's happened. I'm like, I'm alive. <laughs> I woke up today. I'm fit. I'm healthy. I'm well. I've got my mind and my brain. We're all firing on all cylinders. So for me, that's the basis of everything that I am here. I am alive and I'm fit and I'm healthy and I'm well. Some of the things that add to that, oh my gosh, music. I've been prescribing dance breaks to my clients for the last 20 years. There is something about music. And I, I, I often say, depending on where I'm sharing a bio, <clears throat> but there's a, a new thing I've joined. And at the bottom of my bio, it says I've been using music therapeutically since 1975. People think it's a typo. I'm like, no, 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 it's no typo. I recognized back then as a seven-year-old, now people can do the math, and recognize as a seven-year-old there is power in music to change our state to change our neurology to shift you from one place to another so music just brings a sense of happiness and joy into my life i love talking and sharing communicating and actually just seeing people change and transform so somebody might come in one end like oh my god the weight of the world on their shoulders come out at the end of that day and they're like oh my gosh I'm living in a new world. Things look so different. And that for me contributes to my sense of, yes, there's a reason why I'm here. And I'm just delighted that I can be stepping into what I feel is my you know, purpose here on this planet. Oh, well, that is wonderful. And thank you so much for sharing some of that purpose with my listeners today. I know you will have inspired many, many people. So thank you so much, Manon, for just being absolutely awesome today on this episode. Oh, thank you. So that's it for today. Do head on over to transformationstm.com to find out more about Marilyn and her work. And I look forward to you joining us on my next episode.
That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to Sara's virtual Heartbreak to Happiness retreat. This is a transformative combination of live webinars with Sara herself, coupled with her empowering online video program designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com, where you can also get a copy of Sara's gift. Thank you, and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness.